Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Welcome back, Sports to the Max. Here, I thought I was teasing the Twins ticket giveaway. I was actually setting it up so people could call in and win. I, I thought it was just a little teaser, like, hey, you got to keep listening so that later on when, when I tell you to call in, you call in. And here, here I was actually, because we never do this, because generally speaking, if we have a show on, um, Tuesday nights, which we seldomly do, um, we have a show. Uh, I mean, there's a game and not a show, so I don't, I don't get to do Twins Ticket Tuesday very often. Uh, but the winner is Hassan Kostravi, and he gets to take uh, three of his friends, family, whatever it is, Monday night for the Twins in Kansas City. We'll do this one more time because it's Twins Ticket Tuesday, and, and we've got time now because the Twins don't play until 9 o'clock. So there you go, 8.30 pregame. Joining us, the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline, the one and only Gene Glenn. He was a... Uh, <laughs> Uh, played in professional baseball for a long time, come out of Mankato State, and then uh, was a coach for a long time in Big League. How long were you a coach in Big League Baseball, Gino? Uh, 17 seasons. 17 seasons. What was your first job? Who hired you for your first Big League job? Uh, Don Baylor and Bob Gebhardt in Colorado. Sure, and Gebby had a connection to Mankato, right? Right on. Yeah, Geb lived in Mankato, went to Iowa State. Uh, grew up in western Minnesota. Lamberton, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Sanborn, Lamberton, and then left the Expos where I first went, and he was the guy that got me uh, in baseball. But then he left in 80, at the winter of 86 and came to the Twins yeah. with Andy McPhail, and you guys, the Twins won the World Series in 87. Yep, the, the, the famous line where... Uh, uh, at the end of the year, Gebhardt says, we were just trying to get the damn thing organized. We ended up winning the whole thing. <laughs> you know? Well, you know, it's funny about that year. You know, he knew Jeff Reardon from Montreal. Oh, sure, Jeff because he had the Montreal director. connection, yep. Yeah, and then that's how Al Newman got there. Sure. And Sal Butera ended up there, he, yep. who I was playing with in AAA that year. Um, he ended up in Minnesota. So that connection with Geb leaving Montreal and coming to Minnesota led to you know, there was another pitcher, too, that came, I believe, later on that they got. But that slips my mind right now. But I know those three guys came over. But Reardon and Newman, like, right away that winter during spring training or in a trade that winter. Now, now, what was the connection? Because didn't didn't he get a number, besides yourself, Mankato State players into the Montreal system? Uh, Joe Leppo was yep. a catcher that went into the Expo system. Just ran Mike him Carroll. recently, yep. Yeah, Mike Carroll played in the minor Mike leagues Carroll, for a little yeah, while. Mike played against Mike in uh, Town Ball. He played at New Alm later. But, yeah, he, he's the hockey coach now down at Gustavus. Yeah, and he was the baseball coach for many mm-hmm. years at uh, Gustavus. 
Uh, Jeff Shugel did not sign. He was with the Cubs. I think that was the only other. The, us three, I think, were with Montreal. And I'm not exactly sure if Geb got all three, but uh, he was around at that time, you know, living in Mankato in the offseason. And wow. um, so I think he and Dean Boyer, too. And they used to run a camp, a professional baseball camp in the summer there. I didn't never attend it, but they were all uh, pretty close around there. So they knew the area. Lots of good baseball talk for sure. Now, Gene, what's it like to be a team uh, that's contending for a division title when you get to August? The trades have been made. What's a vibe like in, in a clubhouse when you get to this part of the season? I don't think there's anything better because yeah. you put yourself in a position in July to trade for players, which they have, especially when we're talking about Minnesota now. But any place I've been, when you're in it in July and – People sometimes say, you know, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. And that's true. But if you don't start well, you're not adding to your team in July. You're actually selling. And to anybody out there that added good players and pitching, uh, they played really well the first half or over half the games. To get in a position where their ownership and front office knows that if they add some key guys, that this could be an exciting, uh, even though it's exciting, it could be an impactful year. For the organization. But to your point, I mean, the, the year that you made the playoffs when you were on Paul Molitor's staff, it looked like you were out of it at the trade deadline, according to some, and they traded Kinsler and some, some good players and didn't expect mm-hmm. the resuscitation uh, that came about that, that, that led you to, to a one-game playoff in New York, correct? Right, but if, if you remember that year, um, and I'm just going back, but you take Polanco, Sano, Buxton, and Kepler, and Escobar, I don't know if you – them five guys came on, and especially I think Buxton, Kepler, Polanco, and Escobar. Them guys came on, and it, you couldn't have traded Rosario in the mix too. You couldn't have traded for players that would have excelled like they did the last two months of that Good season. Good point. They were hitting their stride. They just – they stepped up, and these guys got hot, and they were impact bats. You know, at the end of the season, and I, I don't know if you could have traded for anybody that would have come in there and done what they did. That's a great point. You so know, one day I was sitting out there with you, you talk about Polanco, and he's young in his career, and he's playing shortstop for you, and, and I asked you, you know, about some of the players, and, I, and he said, watch this kid, Polanco. He's got soft hands and light feet, the two things you need for a middle infielder. Uh, I would add to that... Um, I mean, and I don't know if it was there when you saw it right away or if it's evolved as he's become a veteran, uh, but every at-bat, he competes really hard, doesn't he? I mean, I mean, he's not. A, if it's three and two, whatever, he will battle you in every at-bat. He's, yeah, and you've seen it, Mike. I know you did, but Jorge is one of those just true baseball players that is good in the first inning just like he is in the ninth. You know, it's not going to change who he is by who he's facing or it's a one-run game or a tie game. And believe me, those are the players that are out there. And I'm not saying there's not more talented players, but this guy is really talented with a great makeup and mindset to compete both offensively, defensively. And to me, he was a really heads-up base runner. Um, I'm just glad. he. You know what? He became what we were all hoping because he's a great guy, number one. And uh, he's a... Just that he's grown into be that real stable and steady player. Yeah, Sano. Obviously, you know people. Be, I don't know if people remember this or not. When he first came up, it it was it, it, it was a comment, man. He he the way he hit 
when he first came up and got called up in the midst of it, you know, it's a little bit forgotten because the season wasn't going that well. Uh, and obviously he's seen his ups and downs ever since. What did you see when he came up and, and what do you see now that holds him back? Well, I thought the number one thing he had was his bat. He hit to all fields. He hit for a decent, I mean, a nice average and, he didn't have to try and hit home runs. It just happened when he made good contact because how strong he was. Um, he was a serious worker. He wanted to get better at third base. Um, we all knew that he was going to be an impact bat with his power, but we didn't know how it, how many home runs he'd hit because, I don't know, we just liked that he hit. But sometime, somehow over the years, you know, and players do that, they get so caught up in home runs. Um Sometimes they just swing and miss too often trying to make that one at-bat, you know, be a difference in the game. But I don't know. I just thought he was a real nice third baseman. He's one of the best guys coming in on a ball, you know, a slow roller and throw the barehanded throw it across the field just like Vinny Casilla was in Denver. And, God, this guy just had – and he still has, you know. It's just a lot of potential with an impact uh, ability to change the game. Um, Eddie Rosario at that time too. I remember going being down in, in minor leagues when when uh, uh, he was coming up. They talked about Sano and him, and they and they said, you know, they talked about the grinders versus the naturals, and they and they put Sano and and uh, Rosario in the latter because they said it just makes a different sound when he hits the ball, which is uh, an old <laughs> saying, right? For people, if it makes a different sound. You got something special there when you can swing the bat. Uh, but but he had some of that as well at that point in time. And he, I, I see he just had uh, he had a big game, big week last week for Atlanta, so he's still. A around and doing well, but but, but did, did he have that, that certain swagger, that certain something, too? Eddie was always special because he believed in himself so much. Mm-hmm. He was just overflowing in confidence. Now, he'd make you pull your hair out once in a yep. while because he, he ran around the bases like his hair was on fire. But you, And you really never knew what he was going to do, but he always knew what was going on in the game. Eddie was a very intelligent, good player, very talented, but you know, I credit Joe Leppel for his success in the minor leagues and getting through because um, Leppel was always behind him, pushing him. And when he went from outfield to infield and back to the outfield, um, no matter what Eddie was going through on or off the field, you know, they had his back because they really seen something special in him. And you know what? He grew up. He is that type of player and baseball people see uh, an impact guy they're both on both sides of the ball and really as a base runner too so you know this guy's like a five tool guy he hits for power hits for average he throws he runs you know he fields and you don't think of that but he's doing it every day now buxton if, if we could see him healthy for a whole year what were your in- interpretation of him when he first came up and, and, and what do you see right now in terms of what he could be, what he might be? Um, how do you forecast a guy like this? Well, to answer one of those questions is when we see Buck, when he's healthy, he's one of the best in the game and maybe one of the best, you know, with his build, his speed, the type of heart he shows you on defense in the outfield. And a lot of those injuries are because of 100% effort given um, – even if it's running to first and maybe tweaking a hamstring or a calf or something. But, you know, he's just electrifying. He's he's so much fun to watch play. And I'd almost rather see him run down a ball and throw it than than be at the plate. Mm-hmm. But yet he's, he's grown into a, 
a hitter with, you know, we know he's got big power. And I remember that day in Toronto, he hits like two home runs. And I think he had another hit. We're going on to the, you know, down the stretch for the playoffs. And believe me, he was one of the, the most impactful guys on that team at at that moment in time, in that season, that it was just so exciting to watch. So when you've seen Buck play day in and day out for not just a series, but maybe like three weeks to a month, you know how special he is. So if he stays healthy, who knows the numbers that he might put up. But the greatest thing about him, too, though, he impacts the game in so many ways. It's not just one-dimensional and... You know, I look back, you know, them guys, a lot of those guys were drafted when I first came to the Twins in 12 and then shortly after or already there. But they really did a good job when they drafted that that nucleus of guys to have such a variety of people in different size and shape and athletic ability all come together at one time. And you remember, Mike, there was a few times we actually started nine. We started nine Minnesota Twins that were drafted by the Twins in the big leagues. Yeah, it was an incredible right. stat at that time. Yes. In and fact, it won't be an incredible stat because you never see it anywhere. <laughs> I know it. And, you know, you could go. It was like Maurer and Dozier and Polanco and Sano and maybe Rosario and, you know, Buxton, Kepler, Garver maybe was catching at that time. And who knew who was on the mound? But even if it was Gibson or Barrios or someone before that, it could be Perkins at the end of the game closing it, you know. So there were times in there that I think what everybody wanted to do in baseball, Terry Ryan and his group, and, you know, it'll happen again somewhere. But I hadn't seen that hardly anywhere I had been. And to really recognize that, uh, to see nine guys start in the big leagues that were all drafted by the same organization. Because some... Sometimes players get traded and they come through the system and end up starting. Right, but they were in the minor leagues, but they get traded in the minor leagues. Right. They weren't drafted by that team. And here in Minnesota, the vision they had, they knew and they developed them. And by God, they got that same year that we ended up going to the playoffs with multiple times we started nine guys from uh, the original drafted Twins Gene, I know you get asked this question a lot, uh, and it's changed a little bit this year because the ball's not traveling like it did a couple of years ago. Uh, but do you like this swing for the fence, this all-or-nothing approach, or, or do you like the get them on, get them over, get them in? Well, I think like I said earlier, I think the recognition of a guy, how he can impact the game, you have to give him that freedom. But it's also about all of us, not only the you know, let's say it's 25 guys on the team. It's the staff. It's uh, the fans. It's the ownership. When it comes down to winning a game, you'd like to, you know, I come from that kind of maybe the older school, even though I'm, I'm thinking of older guys than me that might not even be here anymore, how they pass this down. But when players used to recognize situations and be able to execute to help you win a one-run game late, God, that, that was as much fun as a guy hitting a home run. Uh-huh you know, to win the game. A guy maybe get a single or walk and a pass ball, he goes to second, we move him over, and the next thing you know, you might even squeeze him in or just a sack fly wins the game. Uh, But we used to give credit to the person that actually executed a fundamental to make it all happen. And you could be 0 for 4 and actually get a guy over from second to third late in the game and feel like you truly helped win that game. 
Last question. If you knew a kid that was 20 years old, they'd just been drafted and, and maybe they're, you know, 195 pounds and they, and they can go one or two ways. They could, they could stay at 195 and kind of be sleek and athletic or they can go up to 215 and swing for the fences and try to get through the minor leagues that way. What would you tell them? Well, I would tell them, make sure you be who you are first. Try not to be somebody else. And that I've seen guys try and gain weight and hit more home runs. Well, if you're a good hitter, be a good hitter. If you're a power guy, you know, go ahead. But I, I would tell them, believe in yourself like you have. You've proven to everybody what kind of player you are. And you're going to get better. So keep up with the competition and don't give in. If your power comes, fine. But if not, you're going to make an impact in the game somehow. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here. All right, Gino. I hope I see the state amateur tournament. You know, next week they're they're honoring all the former MVPs of the amateur tournament, and your buddy Greg Odegaard and his son both won it, and they're going to be at a big banquet, and Terry Steinbach and Jim Eisenreich, and it sounds like it'll be a real who's who of baseball names. Oh, I got to get, I got to, I didn't know that. I'm yeah, yeah, you get much. a hold of Odie, he'll he'll tell you, but it's in Fairbowl next week. <laughs> How about Lou Olson? Is he in that group? Did he, he ever might, win an MVP? He, he might be in that. I don't know if he won an MVP or not. It's hard. It's hard. I, I don't remember who won. You know, I remember great players, but I don't remember who won MVPs and who didn't. Yeah. yeah. Well, you got to be on that list, Mike. I should have been, but uh, we lost in the first round. Otherwise, I would have been. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Right. I sure miss you, though. I miss all the yeah, I people. miss you, too, buddy. And I look forward to seeing yeah. you hopefully again one time someplace soon. Yeah, it's great. All right. Well, Mike, thanks so much. You bet. Gene Glenn, nice enough to join us on Sports to the Max on News Talk 830 WCCO. What he just said was so important that you realize the older you get. What was it that he said that's so important that the older you get, you realize it more and more? I'll explain the transformation when we come back. Welcome back, Sports to the Max, Twins Baseball tonight, 8.30 pregame, 9 o'clock, first pitch, Dodgers on the West Coast. Maybe we'll find out if Rocco Baldelli got fined or suspended or something, I don't know. But he'll be part of the pregame show that you want to listen to right here. Uh, he and Corey do a great job on that. Corey doesn't hold back. Whatever question he has, he, he fires away. And, uh, and, and he and Rocco have a good enough and trustworthy enough relationship that they can do that, which is the key. Um, in reporting, you know, you can ask tough questions if they if, if they trust you, if they trust that you're not trying to set them up. Gene uh, Glenn mentioned that at the end. You know, I, I don't. You hear this often. I don't miss the games. Uh, I miss the guys. And um, I think the reason is that the, the games are you know they're stressful. Trying to perform at a high level, keep your job is stressful. The opposite of that is being with the guys. And by design in the clubhouse, you are, you are there to keep each other loose. Ron Gardner used to tell me that his number one uh, goal with his players, when you talk about managing a team and players, was to make sure they felt comfortable when they stepped onto the field. Do whatever you can to get a player comfortable because there's so much stress and so much anxiety that goes with it. But what Gene alluded to is true for all of us, isn't it? People retire from jobs. They move on from place to place. They, they move cities. And, and the older you get, the more you miss the people or the more you crave the people. Uh, the more you want to spend time with the people that you like the most because those people bring you great joy in your life and you want to spend more time with them and less time consumed by work or achievement or success or failure. You just want to spend more time with people. 
that make you feel good and that lift you up and that don't judge you, you know? And, and that's what Gene was talking about. That's what they say when they say, I don't miss the game, I miss the guys. I, I miss the guys because there's nothing like that. There's nothing like the juice that you get in the clubhouse. There's nothing like the juice that you get when you go shake dice at the local cafe. You know, today I was at the Eden Prairie Center. I looked over in the, in the food court and there were like 10 guys, all with white hair or no hair, uh, having lunch together. And obviously this was some kind of a lunch club because they, they want to hang out with each other. They want to tell stories. They want to make fun of each other. They want to laugh. Uh, but it's true. The longer you go, the more important that gets. Don't ever forget it. When we come back, Dixie from downtown, who is that and what does that mean? Let your mind wander a little bit. Sports to the max after this. I get asked all the time about safety in Minneapolis and, and what it's like to work down here and um, to cover the riots and all those things. I get asked about all the time, almost on a daily basis from people. And it's hard to put it in perspective if you haven't come down here, if you haven't done it. Um, but there's so much that is going on that is, um, you know, they're, they're trying to progress in the right direction. They're also hindered by a lot of different incidents and problems. And um, there's a guy that I met uh, a couple years ago by the name of Dixie. And Dixie's in the middle of it all. He's a volunteer. He's a guy that makes sure, uh, you know, tries to keep things safe. And so he's on the front lines every day. And because of that, he understands the vibe and what it feels like out there. And he joins us now on the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline. Just one name, Dixie. Dixie, how are you tonight? I'm doing good, Mike. How are you doing? Good. Let, let's converse about some things that you and I have conversed about over the years, like the weather temperature and how it, it affects it. This is a pleasant night tonight, really nice. What happens when it gets hot in the city? Well, when it gets hot in the city, the kids come out, teenagers come out, and, you know, people that want to have a good time come out, and they wind up going downtown, Nicollet Mall, First Ave, areas like that. And they want to have a good time, so they're going to the little clubs. They got a new place over there called Ties that they're going to, and they hang out, and it's right by an alley. And the alley can lead from Nicholas all the way up to Second or to Marquette. And um, you know, when it gets hot, you know, people start to drink and get a little wild, and they see you know there's a bottle thrown or there's a noise a pop, and that's all it takes to start some stuff going off down there. And once that happens, that's what concerns you, isn't it? Once it happens, it can happen so quickly, and it can be out of hand so quickly. Yeah, it, it does. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, there was a um, shooting over by the Lunos, and um, somebody got hit and killed, and the people came the next day to do a memorial, and some more people came and shot the memorial up, and they're, like, chasing each other with guns, like they're playing tag. When we were little kids, we used to play tag. Yeah. But these guys were chasing each other with guns. Um, one of the police got assaulted. He got hit, and they winded up chasing this guy down. They caught him. But, you know, there's no care for safety down there. You know, they don't care who they're after as long as they try to get their person, and they'll hurt somebody else in the process of doing that. 
You know, we had that situation uh, two nights ago here at WCCO-TV where they've got these new apartment condos right next to us, and, and a man allegedly shot and killed someone and then threw the gun from the balcony and ended up on the roof of WCCO. He was that close because uh, they're, they're about, you know, theirs goes about 20 stories and ours is about two stories, so he literally threw it down, and they found the, yep. the gun with blood on it on, on the rooftop at WCCO, and a man is dead. And, and, and you know, right across the street from Amir Lock, you know, where, where that happened. and, and yep. so. I, but but yeah. you know, I see that some of those are isolated because they're, they're, there's a reason. It's revenge. It's this. It's that. But what do you look yeah. for in a given night when, when when you go? Okay, this could escalate. What 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 are you paying attention to uh, so that yeah. it doesn't get to that point? We're paying attention to the crowds. You know what I'm saying? The people who's got masks on when it's 90 degrees out. There's no. Yeah, need I've to seen wear that recently mask. too. People that are wearing a full yeah. mask when it's 90 degrees. Yeah. Not, not a COVID mask, yeah. but a mask. Nah. Yeah, like a ski mask, like a, a bank robbing mask. So when you see that and you see people marching up naked, you're like, what, what's going on? You know what I'm saying? So that makes me get my antennas up to make sure I watch that area because I know something's about to happen. And it only takes a second. A um, couple of weeks ago, some kids ran up on a bus on naked and attacked a guy. Then they ran off the bus and were running each way and, the police are trying to intervene and, you know, see what happened. But, you know, the kids down there, they know that the police aren't going to do anything to them. They're not going to touch them. You know, you got MTC police that are standing right there across the street, and they'll sell whatever they want to sell right in front of them like they're not even there. Yeah, it's hard to explain this to people, but I get it. After spending time with the police officers, you say, if you're standing, uh, you know, within maybe within 20 yards of what you think could be a drug deal going down, you go, well, why don't the police intervene? I can tell you why they don't intervene. It's not worth it. If, if, if yeah. you step into that situation and, and, and they revolted all against you, you, the police officer, can become the bad guy in about two seconds. Yeah. And that's why they don't intervene all the time, because they pick the lesser two evils. They look for guns. They look for things that, that are life-threatening yeah. because they, they don't have time and, and they can't afford to step in and, and intervene and end up being on the wrong side of it. Right, because they don't want that same thing to happen to escalate like it did on yeah. 138th in Chicago. Just, yeah. Floyd. And the thing, yeah. And the thing of it is, that's why we're out there, because we're trying to be the voice of reason, you know what I'm saying, to try to de-escalate the, the issue, because I know a lot of them out there, and, you know, they know me from when I used to be in the streets. So, you know, they respect me, and I respect them. And usually when I come around and I see them doing it, I tell them to, you know, stop, man, because, you know, today is Friday. And if you go to the jail, you're going to be in there Saturday, Sunday. You won't see the judge till Monday, and they start thinking. Uh-huh. Like, you know, he's right. You know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to spend the weekend in jail. And then they do go their separate ways sometimes. But then sometimes you got people that are just coming down there for the wrong reasons. You know what I'm saying? They're waiting for it to get dark. You got teenage moms in the bus stops with their kids inside of the, the little strollers. And here it's 11.30, time to leave, and they're still in the bus stop playing music, yep. you know, getting high, drinking. And the little kids are there, and they're. Yep. I'm winding up playing with them, letting them use the broom and dustpan that I'm using to clean up because they have nothing else to do or no one else to, to play with. And you don't want them picking up paraphernalia because that's all that's in the bus stop. And that, you you're know, exactly right. And, and for people who don't believe yeah. that, it's exactly what happens. Yep, and they're taking over 8th and Nicollet, 8th and Hennepin. You know what I'm saying? You can't even get off the bus if a senior citizen wants to get off the bus and sit down. They can't. 
because the bus stop is just full of people who are doing wrong stuff. And they see me and they, they ask, can you take me over here? And yeah, I could take you over there. I escort them to Target. It's been so bad to where they're in front of Target where the senior citizens can't even walk into the store because they're in front of the doors asking for a dollar. Let me get $2 or, or yeah. you know, trying to strong arm the, the, the seniors. And that's not a good thing, man. When I was growing up, we respected the seniors and we looked out for the seniors. And now it's to the point to where when you try to help the seniors, they're looking at you like, why are you doing that, man? You're stopping me from getting money. Man, that's that's not good, you know. So, hey, Dixie, you what do you do when you see this? So do you have a direct line to the police officers if you see something escalating or getting out of hand? Or how does it work with your group? Yeah, we can call uh, dispatch and tell them to, you know, watch out for this area right here or somebody's getting assaulted, they can be called and then they can call somebody over there to help make sure that it doesn't escalate into some violence or somebody getting hurt. And usually when they see that, you know, they'll slow down and they'll stop because Nicollet Mall isn't like it used to be. I remember you used to come down to the Nicollet Mall and look in the Dayton's window and see the little toys and yeah. see all the animals and stuff. And now... You can't even see that. You'll see two, three people sitting in a window ledge, and instead of them looking at the um, emblems, they're looking at people sitting there nodding off or, or drunk or use the bathroom on themselves. And, you know, it's just time to try to get downtown back to like it used to be to where people can come down and have a good time instead of having to worry about if they're going to get mugged walking to the store or to their car when they come out of the club or, or out of the, the diner or something. You bet. Well, Dixie, we appreciate what you do because you're trying to keep it clean and clean it up. And so thank you for giving us some time on the update because I think people need to hear what it's really like. And we don't need to sugarcoat this thing. It is what it is, oh, right? Yeah. Yep. I don't take you around the barn. I'm going to take you through the barn. You know what I'm saying? That's right. There's no, I'm not, I'm not going to tell you what you If you, you don't like the way it tastes, that's too bad, to but you can't change the facts. That's right. That's right. All right, and Dixie, I'll talk to you soon, but yeah. thank you. All right. Yeah. No problem, Mike. Good you night. Bet. That's the one and only Dixie, and he works the downtowns hard. He knows, you know, those stories he tells. That's, those are not exaggerations. It's some of the stuff, especially when you talk about young mothers with their kids in the strollers. I mean, you see that everywhere, and you go, this, this isn't good. I don't know what's going on over there, but it smells a lot like pot smoking. You, know, you can smell pot, and you can smell marijuana, and, and it doesn't look like anything good is going on over there. And um, they might not be committing a crime, but certainly you wonder about their judgment sometimes. And that's exactly what he's referring to. When we come back, I, I need some more help from Chris Tubbs because I got to run a name by him and see if it registers and get a little background from him for an interview that I have to do tomorrow. And he might be well-versed enough in this one uh, to help me along the way again. He did this last night for me with Jade Cargill. Uh, maybe he can do the same. I'll, I'll get some background info. I hope. I hope Tubbsy knows who this is, but who knows when we come back on Sports of the Max. You know, I just heard that uh, ad for Lynx uh, five packs. You might. I, I don't know that, how that works, but there's only one game left in the season at home, so we may want to freshen up that ad. Just, just a thought. Um, not that they couldn't sell you. You know, they can bundle it in anything they want, but it'd probably be a one game deal. J- just so you know. I'm just here to help.
When you hear the sounder, you're going to have a chance to win this ten, Twins tickets, the four-pack. It is Twins Ticket Tuesday. To watch them play the Kansas City Royals this mo- Monday, August 15th at Target Field. Sponsored by Miller Marino St. Cloud. See annual Twins Diversity Day at Target Field. The first 10,000 fans receive a Twins Legacy t-shirt presented by Treasure Island Resort and Casino in the Prairie Island Indian Community. So be listening when you hear the sounder. Be the fourth caller and we'll give you four tickets to watch the Twins and Royals on uh, Monday. Uh, all right. Um, I need a, a little help from me, Tubsy. Tomorrow I'm sitting in uh, in the afternoon and I booked a really good show. Okay. Well, um, you, you always again, book a good I, show. I, I, um, uh, Sharif Willis is going to be on with us, the long, one-time gang member that uh, has converted himself. Um, I love those stories, Doctor, by the way. Yeah, Dr. Jensen, who's running for governor, is going mm-hmm. to be on with us. Tony Sana, as we prepare for the upcoming. Ron Shira is now confirmed, uh, so that's big time. Oh, it's huge. Yeah, huge. And I, I, I waited a while to even tell you that because I wanted to make sure it was firm. And well, I'm, firm. I'm, gl- I'm glad I was sitting down, Max. Yeah, yeah, and it's firm now. So if you want to tell somebody about it, you can, but I want to make sure we were firm. Okay, good. Uh, but I've also got uh, Rumbling Ricky Parks. Oh, Ricky Starks? Starks. What yes. did I say? Parks? Ricky. Yeah, you yeah. said Parks. Yeah, yeah Ricky, I, Ricky I call Starks. Him, uh, that's my nickname for him. But, but uh, Ricky Starks will be performing at the Target Center tomorrow mm-hmm. night in an event you will be at. What do I need to know about him? He is absolute Ricky Starks. Uh, he is from New Orleans. Uh, he is He's a good story because there were times where he was battling some serious neck issues. And to see him come back and be the sort of performer that he is, is incredible. And he's so charismatic. And I I think he's got what they would call, Maxie, a, a baby face, a good guy. I think he's got a nice baby face run in him coming up. But he is, he is absolute Ricky Starks. And you just, yeah, you, you go into that and he's... Yeah, I mean he he's really incredible. He he. I, I say this about uh, about a lot of them, but I just think coming back from a serious neck injury like he did, I, you know, I've had my serious neck issues as well. I can really get behind somebody like that. Okay, well, what's his record? Uh, you know the, the the record is you know it's 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 in it. He did lose the FDW championship to uh, Hook uh, last week or uh, a couple weeks ago. And he was blindsided by his former tag team partner, Powerhouse Hobbs. Why? Uh, because Powerhouse Hobbs is obviously jealous of Ricky Starks. I mean, you, you look at Ricky Starks and the athleticism and the charisma. I mean, you yeah, can't, but you don't blindside a guy. Well, you you don't. But that's that's just what Powerhouse Hobbs is about. I mean, he was Ricky Starks was also the staple of Team Taz, and and you can throw that in and. You know, put that in there, but he, he he lost the title to Taz's son Hook, but he's you know Ricky he Starks back. He he's he will bounce back just fine, and and I'm excited that Ricky Starks is going to be there tomorrow. Yeah, and he'll be on with us. So you can kind of get a preview. I love it. Uh, tomorrow, I think he's going to be on three thirty. Okay, okay. three thirty-five. Absolute Ricky yeah. Starks. So I book Ricky Starks yeah, for you. And I just need a little background information. And, but, you, but you think you don't know his exact record, but you think it's pretty good. Yeah, his his record is pretty solid. I mean, you like eighty percent of the time he wins, sixty percent. Yeah, time I'd say what? probably about eighty percent of the time. 
Okay. And uh, yeah, he he was one of the guys too, Maxie. When All Elite Wrestling started a few years ago, he was one of the first guys that that I remember being one of the younger guys that Cody Rhodes featured, and and one of those guys that they were looking to be one of their superstars, not an outside guy coming in from WWE. Like he was one of those homegrown stars. Okay. And, and kind of like He's organic Car- within the within the system. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, good. That, that's uh, you're around. Okay. Okay. Now, now, can you play the sounder? Yes, I can play the sounder. Okay. Oh, you mean you the twin sounder? Oh, you mean you wanted the sounder right yeah. now? Yeah. You mean yeah. this sounder? Yeah. This one right here. There it is. All right. Be the fourth caller. Four tickets to watch the Twins and Kansas City Royals this Monday as part of Twins Ticket Tuesday. Yes, it's on us. When we come back, Chris Wright explains the MLS All-Star Week and what it means to this community and more. Stay with us on Sports to the Max. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by Nerd Wallet Smart Money Podcast. Get your head in the financial game with smart investing and budgeting tips straight from the nerds. Nerd Wallet's experts will set future you up for success with dependable, fact-based insights. No financial misinformation allowed. Learn how to save on your summer vacation. Find your next credit card or loan for a big purchase and invest in your next index fund. Make smarter decisions in 2024. Follow Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app.